Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Thank you for standing by. This is the conference operator. Welcome to the Boston Pizza third quarter 2020 earnings conference call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and zero. I would now like to turn the conference over to Michael Harbinson, Chief Financial Officer. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you and welcome to the call. We'll be discussing the 2020 third quarter results for both Boston Pizza Royalties Income Fund, or the fund, and for Boston Pizza International, or BPI. For complete details on our financial results, please see our third quarter materials that were filed earlier today on CDAR, or visit the fund's website at bpincomefund.com. Should you require additional information after the call, you can reach us via the investor relations phone number that's listed in our press release. The fund is a limited purpose, open-ended trust that's established under the laws of British Columbia to acquire indirectly certain trademarks and trade names used by BPI and its Boston Pizza restaurants in Canada. BPI pays royalty and distribution income to the fund based on franchise revenues of royalty pool restaurants. For a complete description of the fund and its business, please see the annual information form dated February the 12th, 2020, which was filed on CDAR.com. Before I turn the call over to Jordan Holm, president of BPI, I would like to note that certain information in the following discussion may constitute forward-looking information. For a more complete definition of forward-looking information and the associated risks, please refer to the fund's management discussion and analysis issued earlier today. Forward-looking information is provided as of the date of this call and, except as required by law, we assume no obligation to update or revise forward-looking information to reflect new events or circumstances. With that, I'll now turn the call over to Jordan. Thank you, Michael, and welcome everyone to Boston Pizza's third quarter investor conference call. Today, I'll be discussing our third quarter results and sharing where we are focusing our efforts going forward. Michael will summarize our key financial highlights for the quarter, plus provide an update on the status of our COVID-19 recovery plan. As usual, we'll leave time for your questions at the end of today's call. In the third quarter, COVID-19 continued to have an adverse impact on all restaurants in our network. Since the beginning of the pandemic, we have adapted our business practices in response to a constantly changing landscape. As at September 30th, 2020, approximately 380 Boston pizza restaurants were providing takeout and delivery services and operating their dining rooms and sports bars with reduced seating capacities in accordance with government mandates. Franchise sales and the resulting royalty and distribution income for May, June, July, August, and September 2020 were 45.3%, 67.2%, 81.0%, 84.2%, and 88.9% compared to prior year levels. For these same periods, same restaurant sales were negative 58.3%, 
negative 34.3%, negative 18.3%, negative 15.9%, and negative 10.9% respectively. We are pleased so far with our ability to mitigate declines in total franchise sales and same restaurant sales during the pandemic. Looking forward, our focus continues to be on the safety of our staff and guests and helping our franchisees to pull through these challenging times. Boston Pizza has high brand standards as it relates to safety and sanitation, as well as social distancing. COVID-19 case counts in Canada rose during the third quarter, causing certain jurisdictions to restrict on-premise operating hours for restaurants. Also, effective October 1st, 2020, the Quebec government mandated the closure of dine-in restaurant operations for 28 days in certain regions and has since extended such closures until November 23rd, 2020. Effective October 10th, 2020, the Ontario government also mandated the closure of dine-in restaurant operations in certain regions, including Toronto, uh, Peel Region, and York Region. On November 7th, 2020, restaurants in Ottawa, Peel, and York Region resumed in-restaurant service with capacity limits and limited hours. Effective November 2nd, 2020, the Manitoba government mandated the closure of dine-in restaurant operations for two weeks in the city of Winnipeg, and on November 10th, 2020, mandated the closure of all dine-in restaurant operations for the rest of Manitoba, effective November 12th, 2020. The combination of government restrictions mandated in Quebec, Ontario, and Manitoba from October 1st to November 10th, 2020, resulted in between 15 and 70 Boston Pizza restaurants, depending on the specific date, again temporarily closing their dining rooms and sports bars and in some locations, their patios. These locations continued to provide takeout delivery services while their dining rooms, sports bars, and some patios were closed. Franchise sales for October 2020 were 80.7% of prior year levels for the comparative period. This represents an unfavorable change in the trend when compared to September 2020 franchise sales, which were 88.9% of prior year levels. Similarly, same restaurant sales were negative 21.2% in October 2020 compared to 10.9% in September 2020. While we've been pleased with our ability this year to manage through the pandemic, our outlook remains cautious due to the high level of uncertainty that remains. Turning to our financial results that we shared in the press release and the financial statements that were filed this morning, Boston Pizza posted system-wide gross sales of $237.2 million for the quarter and $591.8 million year-to-date, representing decreases of 16.3% and 28.7% respectively versus the same periods one year ago. In addition, the fund posted franchise sales from restaurants in the royalty pool of $185.4 million for the quarter and $466.6 million year to date, representing decreases of 15.4% and 27.4% respectively versus the same periods one year ago. Negative same restaurant sales results for the quarter were principally due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Our third quarter included some successful promotions, starting with our summer of playoffs promotion, which included pizza flights consisting of any three six-inch gourmet pizzas. The promotion was well-received by our guests and contributed, contributed to the positive sales momentum in the quarter. Toward the end of the quarter, we also launched our annual BP Kids Cards promotion, which offered guests five free kids meals 
for a $5 donation to the Boston Pizza Foundation Future Prospects. The promotion ex exceeded our expectations by raising over $745,000 in donations for the BP Foundation. Turning to restaurant development, Boston Pizza opened one new full-service restaurant during the third quarter. This brings our year-to-date new restaurant count up to two new openings. Boston Pizza also closed four restaurants during the third quarter, and that brings our total to 10 closed restaurants year-to-date. BPI has worked diligently to build a consortium of financial support to help offset the otherwise unprecedented financial impact facing our franchisees. This support included BPI and Boston Pizza Canada Limited Partnership deferring the collection of royalties and advertising fees due from our franchisees. The collection of royalties and advertising fees generated from sales in March, April, and May 2020 were deferred. In September 2020, we commenced collecting these deferred royalty and advertising fees on a straight-line basis without interest over a 15-month period. I'll now pass it over to Michael for a review of the fund's financial performance. Michael. Thank you, Jordan. Before I provide an overview of the fund's quarterly results, I'd like to provide an update on the status of the COVID-19 recovery plan. The fund and BPI entered into agreements intended to holistically address the financial challenges that were caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. As shared in our press release on June 22nd of this year, this COVID-19 recovery plan provides various measures designed to bring liquidity and stability to the Boston Pizza system during these challenging times. BPI's sole shareholder invested $5 million of additional capital into BPI on June 22, 2020, and invested an additional $5 million of capital in BPI on September 24, 2020, in order to reduce indebtedness and enhance liquidity and cash flow. In addition, the bank provided BPI with $6.25 million of additional credit facilities under a program with the Export Development Bank of Canada. BPI also received an additional $2 million of financing from the Business Development Bank of Canada, and that happened on July 7, 2020. As Jordan mentioned, this September, Boston Pizza Canada Limited Partnership began collecting from its franchisees over a 15-month period the royalty and advertising fees that were deferred from March, April, and May 2020. Also this September and over the same 15-month period, BPI commenced paying the fund its deferred royalty and distribution income plus interest. To date, all parties have satisfied the conditions of the COVID-19 recovery plan that was jointly agreed to by the fund and by BPI. And additional details on the recovery plan itself between the fund and BPI are contained in a document called the Pandemic Recovery Plan Amendment Agreement, uh, a copy of which is available on CDAR.com. While the joint recovery plan and recently amended credit facilities with the bank were designed to provide improved stability for the foreseeable future, the full impact of COVID-19 on the Boston pizza system continues to remain uncertain. The medium and long-term impact on the fund and BPI will depend on the ability of Boston pizza to build back its business to normal operating levels, as well as mitigate the number of permanent restaurant closures. While uncertainty exists in these areas, we would like to emphasize that BPI anticipates that it has sufficient liquidity to fund its operations and its debt service payments into the foreseeable future. On October 1st, 2020, the trustees of the fund recommenced monthly distributions of six and a half cents per unit compared to monthly distributions of 10.2 cents per unit that existed prior to the fund temporarily suspending distributions on March the 23rd, 2020. 
Monthly distributions recommence with the September 2020 distribution that was paid to unit holders on October the 30th, 2020. With that, I'll now turn to the fund's third quarter financial results and provide a more conventional summary of the financial highlights. The fund posted royalty income of 7.4 million for the quarter and 18.7 million year to date, compared to 8.8 million and 25.7 million respectively for the same periods one year ago. The fund posted distribution income of 2.5 million for the quarter and 6.2 million year to date, compared to 2.9 million and 8.5 million respectively for the same periods one year ago. Royalty and distribution income for the quarter were based on 395 Boston Pizza restaurants in the royalty pool that reported franchise sales of 185.4 million for the quarter and 466.6 million year to date. For the same periods in 2019, royalty and distribution income were based on the royalty pool of 396 Boston Pizza restaurants reporting franchise sales of 219.2 million and 642.6 million respectively. The fund's net and comprehensive loss was 0.7 million for the period compared to net and comprehensive income of 6.9 million for the third quarter of 2019. The 7.6 million decrease in the fund's net and comprehensive income for the period compared to the third quarter of 2019 was primarily due to lower royalty and distribution income of 1.8 million, higher interest on long-term debt of 0.3 million, and a 7 million fair value change. This was partly offset by lower interest on Class B units of a million dollars and lower income tax expense of $0.4 million. The fund's net and comprehensive loss was 10 million year-to-date compared to net and comprehensive income of 27.1 million year-to-date in 2019. The 37.1 million decrease in the fund's net and comprehensive income year-to-date compared to the same period in 2019 was primarily due to lower royalty and distribution income of 9.3 million, higher interest on long-term debt of 0.3 million, and a 31.8 million fair value change, partially offset by lower income tax expense of 2.3 million and lower interest on Class B units of 2.1 million. While net and comprehensive income or loss is a measurement of the fund's earnings under, under International Financial Reporting Standards, or IFRS, the fund is of the view that net income or loss does not provide the most meaningful measurement of the fund's ability to pay distributions because the calculation of net income contains non-cash items that do not affect the fund's cash flow. Non-cash items include the fair value adjustments on the investment in Boston Pizza Canada Limited Partnership, the Class B unit liability, interest rate swaps, and changes in the deferred income taxes. Consequently, the fund reports the non-IFRS measures of distributable cash and payout ratio to provide investors with, in the fund's opinion, more meaningful information regarding the fund's ability to pay distributions to unit holders. The fund generated distributable cash of $5.5 million for the period, compared to $7.8 million for the third quarter of 2019. The decrease in distributable cash of $2.3 million, or 30.2%, was primarily due to a decrease in cash flow generated from operating activities of $3.3 million, and an increase of interest paid on long-term debt of $0.2 million, partially offset by higher SIF tax on units of $1.1 million related to the remittance on tax installments previously deferred. The fund generated distributable cash of $10.9 million year-to-date compared to $21.7 million year-to-date in 2019. The decrease in distributable cash of $10.8 million, or 49.8%, 
was primarily due to a decrease in cash flow generated from operating activities of 11.9 million, an increase in interest paid on long-term debt of 0.1 million, and lower SIF tax on units of 0.2 million, all partially offset by decreased entitlements for BPI, uh, BPI's Class B units of 1.4 million. The fund generated distributable cash per unit of 25.3 cents for the period, compared to 35.9 cents per unit for the third quarter of 2019. The decrease in distributable cash per unit of 10.6 cents, or 29.5%, was primarily attributed to the decrease in, distrib in distributable cash outlined above, partially offset by fewer units outstanding compared to the same period in 2019 due to the fund's normal course issuer bid that is active from February 19, 2020 to February 18, 2021. The fund generated distributable cash per unit of 50.6 cents year-to-date compared to 99.8 cents per unit year-to-date in 2019. The decrease in distributable cash per unit of 49.2 cents or 49.3 cents was primarily attributable to the decrease in distributable cash outlined above, partially offset by fewer units outstanding compared to the same period in 2019 due to the fund's NCIB. As at September 30, 2020, the fund acquired 266,300 units under the NCIB at an average price of $12.98 per unit. Between October 1, 2020 and November 13, 2020, the fund did not acquire any additional units under the NCIB. The fund's NCIB is no longer active and will not be reactivated for the foreseeable future. Commencing with the fourth quarter of 2020, the fund will change how it calculates distributable cash and distribu distributable cash per unit to factor in certain principal payments that the fund is contractually required to make on the credit facilities from and after the fourth quarter of 2020 as part of the pandemic recovery plan that it has agreed to. The fund has not had a requirement to repay any principal amounts under the credit facilities prior to the fourth quarter of 2020. Accordingly, the change to how distributable cash will be calculated does not impact the calculation of distributable cash for periods prior to the fourth quarter of this year. The change to how distributable cash will be calculated will also affect payout ratio, since payout ratio is calculated using distributable cash. The fund's payout ratio for the period was 0% compared to 96.2% in the third quarter of 2019. The decrease in the fund's payout ratio for the period compared to the same period in 2019 was due to the temporary suspension of distributions by the trustees on March 23, 2020. The fund's payout ratio year to date is 63.5% compared to 103.7% year-to-date in 2019. The decrease in the fund's payout ratio year-to-date compared to the same period in 2019 was due to the combined effects of distributable cash decreasing by 10.8 million, or 49.8%, and distributions paid decreasing by 15.6 million, or 69.3%. On a trailing 12-month basis, the fund's payout ratio was 80.8%, as at September 30th, 2020. However, the effects of COVID-19, including the temporary suspension of distribution on units, have materially affected the fund's payout ratio in the period and on a year-to-date basis, and may continue to affect, uh, in a material way, the fund's payout ratio in the future. As I mentioned earlier, on October 1st, 2020, the trustees of the fund re recommenced monthly distributions of six and a half cents per unit compared to the monthly distributions of 10.2 cents per unit that existed prior to the fund temporarily suspending distributions on March 23, 2020. Monthly distributions recommence with the September 2020 distribution that was paid to unit holders 
on October 30th, 2020. On November the 12th, 2020, the trustees of the fund approved a cash distribution to unit holders, again of six and a half cents per unit in respect of the period from October 1st, 2020 to October 31st, 2020. This distribution will be payable on, on November the 30th, 2020 to unit holders of record at the close of business on November 21st, 2020. In deciding to reinstate monthly distributions on units at six and a half cents per unit, the trustees of the fund considered, amongst other factors, the recent financial performance of the fund, BPI and Boston Pizza Restaurants and the Royalty Pool, the fund's cash position and debt repayment obligations, and internal financial projections of the fund, uh, Boston Pizza and Boston Pizza Restaurants and the Royalty Pool for the remainder of 2020 and 2021, and with a view to ensuring that the payment of regular monthly distributions can happen at a sustainable level. The trustees' objective in setting a monthly distribution amount is that it be sustainable. The trustees of the fund will continue to closely monitor the fund's available cash balances for the remainder of 2020 and beyond. To the extent that the trustees of the fund determine that, after paying monthly distributions, the fund has any additional cash available for distribution for the year 2020, the trustees will consider declaring a special distribution in December 2020, this December, taking into account any potential increase in effective tax rate paid by the fund if the fund does not distribute sufficient cash each year. While the consideration of declaring a special distribution would be a departure from the fund's historical distribution practices and is not envisioned to be a long-term strategy for the fund, the trustees believe doing so could be prudent and a, and a, a prudent approach during the COVID-19 pandemic, given the continued volatility and economic uncertainty. With that, I will now turn the call back to Jordan for a uh, update on the outlook. Jordan. Thank you, Michael. We continue to be pleased with the efforts of our BPI team and our franchisees and their staff working in our restaurants every day during these challenging times. In terms of our outlook, Boston Pizza began its fourth quarter with significant TV, digital, and social media support behind an NHL hockey promotion that invited guests to enjoy Boston Pizza in our restaurants or in their homes. We also recently launched our Boston Pizza Classics promotion, which brings back some classic menu items such as the Pizza Burger and Smoky Mountain Spaghetti. The feedback from guests has been extremely positive. Finally, Boston Pizza's 2020 holiday promotion begins November 24th and runs through to January 3rd. Our holiday promotion includes a feature menu with some new and exciting menu items, along with a Boston Pizza gift card promotional bonus offer. With respect to our outlook on COVID-19, the pandemic has had a sudden, unexpected and unprecedented impact on the general economy and on the restaurant industry in particular. For the foreseeable future, COVID-19 will continue to cause significant disruption to the business of the fund and BPI. BPI's management will continue to closely monitor the evolving COVID-19 situation and modify the operating procedures of Boston Pizza restaurants to ensure the safety of our staff and guests. We will also maximize the opportunity to grow our takeout delivery business and adapt other areas of our business to responsibly address additional challenges and opportunities presented by COVID-19. With that, I'd like to begin the question and answer session. Operator? Thank you. To join the question queue, you may press star then 1 on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star then 2. We will pause for a moment as callers join the queue.
Our first question is from Nick Corcoran with Acumen Capital. Please go ahead. Good morning, and uh, a few questions for me. Good morning, Nick. Uh, the first is, can you give an indication of uh, how much take-out and delivery was of total revenue in uh, Q3? Well, for historical context, um, takeout and delivery has been part of the Boston Pizza business model for over 50 years. And in, in 2019, just as a reference, it would have represented just under 20% of our, our, our sales nationally, about 18% uh, split between takeout and delivery. It is the um, largest area of growth in the restaurant industry and a clear focus for Boston Pizza coming into this year. And certainly when the pandemic hit in mid-March, um, it became uh, for a while our only um, business. It was declared, takeout delivery was declared an essential service in all municipalities that we operate in. So we continued to encourage uh, our restaurants to uh, serve their communities through takeout and delivery to introduce uh, contactless delivery, curbside pickup, uh, online payment, um, and even to work more with some of the third-party delivery uh, providers to to grow that part of the business. So that's just for you know broader context on what that part of the business means for us. Uh, Michael, did you want to comment in terms of Q3 and and the uh, uh, the contribution from TOD? Mm -hmm. There's a certain seasonality, Nick, to our uh, business during kind of non-COVID times that would see takeout and delivery be higher in the fourth quarter and higher in the, in the first quarter of each year. But um, more directly in response to your question, uh, takeout and delivery uh, combined represented approximately 38% of the total sales for the third quarter. Good, that's, uh, that's helpful. And then have you seen that proportion increase Q4? Um, I know we're only a month and a half in, but interested to hear what the trend is. Uh, yeah, I can speak to that. So, and, and that's again part of the natural seasonality to our business is, is we would expect to see that um, shift, but also the uh, move to um, restrict some of the dine-in operations in certain regions would be driving that up as well. So, we've shared the October same restaurant sales results because October is um, effectively in the books, and, and uh, we might provide some kind of guidance on what the trend looks like. So I'm, I'm happy to share the October the takeout and delivery results as well. So as I mentioned, Q3, it was about, uh, takeout and delivery was about 38% uh, of, of the total share of the sales. In October, that moved up to about 44%. Great, and then uh, you kind of got to the next part of my question, which is, um, how same restaurant sales have trended into November. Can you give any indication whether overall it's been up or down or flat? Jordan, do you want that one or do you want me to take it? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, you know, you know, Nick, the position that we're in in terms of, um, you know, public disclosure, making sure we stay within the, uh, the materials that we filed this morning for broad disclosure obligations. Um, you know, um, Michael, did you want to uh, provide any color that you can? Yeah, I think what we can speak to um, is is the trend, and, and that's why we provided the monthly detail, which is a kind of an, an unusual step to provide that level of kind of monthly same restaurant sales results. But we figured that was uh, important for unit holders and potential investors to kind of see how the trend is going, just given that we're in a kind of unique situation with COVID, and so. 
um, you could see that throughout the um, uh, Q3, uh, same restaurant sales really started to kind of steadily improve. I think September we were down approximately negative uh, 11% in same restaurant sales. Um, but then the tide started to turn in October. So October we shared, I think we were down negative 21% uh, in October. And so I think that, um, I mean, that's, that's the best we can do at this point is just to share that that's kind of the, the trend heading into November. And, and really when we start to get to kind of week by week results, it gets, um, things get a lot more volatile just because there's, there's, you know, uh, holidays and, and other kind of year over year impacts to the business. So um, I wouldn't want to share kind of November's results yet just because there's, there's a lot of volatility in that. But I think, uh, as, as I said, the kind of trend of, um, you know, we really did a good job, I think, uh, as a collective system, um, building back up uh, to negative 11% in September. And, and that's um, uh, taken a bit of a turn in October. That's, and maybe that's Nick, fair. And maybe Nick, Nick, just a bit more on that too. I think just given, given what we're seeing with, with this, um, with the kind of regional closures that uh, um, are materializing and just the COVID case counts in general, uh, I think we, we would expect to see the fourth quarter certainly be uh, softer than the third quarter. Okay, that's good, Keller. And then the last question for me, and I understand there's weakness in areas where um, there's been closures, but has there been a change in consumer behavior in, in areas that are still open, just more willingness or less willingness to go to restaurants? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, the health um, leaders across the country are definitely sending a message that we are in um, the second wave. And this was something that was talked about, you know, going back to um, kind of, you know, March, April, May, that uh, this is a traditional uh, flu season. It's when people are spending more time indoors. And, and uh, so there was some anticipation that we would experience another wave of uh, coronavirus infections. And it, it's, it's what's, uh, what we're experiencing now and, and the health guidelines for people to um, uh, restrict their, um, their movement and to keep uh, within um, um, you know, restricted social bubbles and so forth, I think does have a, an effect on their consumer behavior. Um, I think that the bright spot for, uh, for Boston Pizza and for many of our restaurant peers is that, you know, we have um, diligently invested in the safe operation of our restaurants, uh, whether it's uh, the takeout delivery portion that I mentioned before with contactless delivery and curbside pickup and so forth, or the on-premise business um, that we started to reopen uh, starting with Manitoba, I believe, on May the 4th of this year and have successfully reopened the on-premise business right across the country, building in uh, enhanced uh, safety and uh, sanitation protocols, social distancing, personal protective equipment, health checks for our staff. Um, many of think these things go above and beyond any of the municipal requirements. Uh, we just want to very much signal to our guests that uh, we're doing everything that we can to make the restaurant visit uh, something that is uh, continuing to be, um, you know, safe. And, uh, you know, coming back from a food service uh, industry perspective, safety and the safety of our guests has always been paramount. Uh, people trust us to feed uh, feed them, and, and uh, that, that has a huge health component even before uh, the onset of COVID. So we, we know 
how important this is to our guests, and, and we're certainly doing everything we can um, to signal to them that uh, uh, Boston Pizza is putting their safety and the safety of our staff in the restaurants um, first and foremost in everything that we do. Great. And then uh, just one last question from me. September, same restaurant sales were down about 11%. October is 21%. Can you maybe just help me understand what portion of that was from regional closures versus lower guest traffic in uh, in areas that were still open? Well, maybe I'll start and then Michael can, can jump in. Um, you know, the... Um, 15 to 70 regional um, on-premise restaurant restrictions that I mentioned uh, earlier in my comments uh, really started around September the 1st with Quebec um, moving um, some of their regions um, back into um, takeout delivery only. Um, so I, I don't believe it would have affected like regional um, on-premise closures wouldn't have affected the September or August results. What has affected them, obviously, is any of the new opening or the reopening, I should say, that started um, in Manitoba May the 4th and, and went provincially as as we were allowed to reopen on premise. All of it has been restricted by um, um, social distancing and therefore seating capacity limits. Um, so we couldn't um, fill up our restaurants uh, the way we would have before. So that has had a, a dampening effect on the um, um, the overall sales achieve, uh, achievement levels that we could have seen in both August and September. Um, with that, we did see um, guests spending a bit more when they did come out. There was some pent-up demand, and our average guest check was, was up. And I think people knowing that uh, restaurants were limited on seating capacity, they did spread out the timing that they visited our restaurants, so peak periods, uh, were spread a little bit earlier in the day, a little bit later in the day, uh, which helped us to uh, um, to achieve uh, higher sales volumes, like you said, down about 11% for the month of uh, September year over year. Michael, did you have any further comment? Just a very high-level comment, which is if you look at the kind of delta in the SRS between October and September, so October got about 10 points worse than September, directionally that's uh, can be attributed to the impact of the closures, temporary closures for the dynas. That's all for me. Uh, thanks for taking my questions. Thanks, Nick. This concludes the question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Jordan Holm for any closing remarks. Okay, thank you, operator. And since there are no further questions, I'd like to thank everyone for taking the time to listen in and look forward to speaking with you on our fourth quarter investor conference call in February. Thank you. This concludes today's pardon me. This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.